Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Guys and girls, welcome back to another episode of The Wake Up Call. It is fantastic to have you tuning in. In this episode, we are going to be talking about a topic that doesn't get much love, and that's breathing. The correct way to breathe during various strength and conditioning exercises. Because believe it or not, there is a correct way to go about doing this. One does not simply breathe whenever one wants to to gain maximal strength and increase safety, that is. So if either of those things are of interest to you, getting stronger and or doing it more safely, then you will want to pin your ears back and listen to the words that I have to say so you can breathe more effectively, more efficiently, so you can get more out of less. Meaning you lift more weight, you perform more reps, you can increase your fitness while at a lower energy cost and a reduced risk of hurting yourself. That's how powerful breathing is. Now, there is an optimal and a suboptimal way to breathe when you lift weights. And really, it all comes down to what you're actually doing. So for all intents and purposes, context matters. My students have become very aware of the response that I may or may not come back to them with after they ask me a question. Because a lot of the times, my answer is, it depends. And the reason I say it depends, it's it's not a non-answer. It's to help clarify and get a more clear and a more accurate question. So let me explain. The way you breathe when you go for a slow low intensity run is going to be vastly different to how you breathe when you do a one rep max deadlift or bench press or squat. And the way that you breathe doing those three big exercises with really heavy fucking weights is going to be different again to how you swing a light to moderate kettlebell. So that's what I mean by context matters. But what I'm going to do throughout this episode is give you some frameworks some strategies that you can kind of hang your hat on and say, okay, I'm doing this type of movement. These are the requirements. These are the muscles involved. This is the risk. And that way you can then apply the appropriate breathing and bracing strategy to it. Okay. Now, very important. Before I go into the right way to breathe, I would be remiss to bypass a common misconception thanks to Pilates. Thanks a lot for this. You've made all of our jobs a lot harder as strength and conditioning coaches or personal trainers. <laughs> um, you do not want to suck in your belly or draw your belly button in towards your spine when lifting weights. You don't want to do that. Okay? While that is useful for working the deeper abdominal muscles, those muscles, their primary function and responsibility and what they are strongest and best at is endurance. 
they're better suited for no or low load and for high rec or long duration work. So if you're laying on your back on a fucking reformer's Pilates machine, terrific. That's great breathing. You know, you'll be on there for, you know, 10, 20 minutes, you know, five minutes at a time, whatever it is, using little pulleys and levers with your back completely supported. Of course, you're not going to have to brace and breathe correctly to do it. You can suck your belly in and pull your belly button to your spine until the fucking cows come home. And you might feel that your pelvic floor muscles and your deeper abdominal muscles start to work very hard. And they will because they're working for a long time at a low level because you have the support of a reformer's machine, a mat actually supporting you. So thanks a lot, Pilates, for that. You've given a lot of information to people that they now are stuck with that I have to and other trainers and coaches and practitioners and physios and allied health professionals now have to fix. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> I laugh and I joke, but I'm deadly serious. I've had a lot of people over the years come to me and I'll ask them, hey, what do you know about breathing? What do you know about bracing? And not the majority of the time, but a, a, a decent frequency, a, a decent amount of people will tell me, oh, pull the belly button to the spine. And I'll just cringe and I'll shake my head and I'll be like, oh, is that wrong? And I'll be like, again, it's contextual. For the purposes of doing Pilates or using a reformer machine, you know, that's probably going to be fine. But for all intents and purposes, lifting weights, you know, getting strong, moving athletically, you know, playing sport, fucking running, it's terrible. It's not the best way to go about things. All right? There's a better way. And that's what I'm here to educate you on right now. If you want to lift heavy weights or lift weights fast, you need to maximize stability. Increase the stability demands, and you need to learn to brace effectively. So all of those things help to prevent lower back injuries from occurring. So let's get one thing straight. The goal of your breathing during exercise is to ensure maximum stability, safety, all right, this can, in, this can include and involve breath holding techniques, okay? And it also means that you breathe at a specific speed or cadence. So if you've got one rep to perform, there's, there's literally one rep. You get a breath, you hold the breath, you do your rep, and then you rack the bar and you're finished. It's no big deal. So breath hold for one rep, not a problem. But if you've got 20 reps, 25 reps, 30 seconds, 60 seconds worth of work, you're not gonna do a breath hold for a minute. You're going to have multiple breaths, multiple inhalation and exhalation cycles all the way through. So it's important you understand how to breathe, how to brace, and when to do those things. Because like it or not, how and when you breathe matters. So if you get it right, you'll be able to lift heavier weights with less effort at a reduced impact on your joints and your spine. But if you pay no mind and no attention to your breathing style or pattern, what's gonna happen is you're gonna leak energy and you're gonna leave yourself open to injury. You're gonna have body parts and joints moving when they shouldn't because you have not stabilized them.
That's what happens when you do things incorrectly or by using an inefficient technique, a la Pilates breathing, suck the belly in, draw the belly button to the spine. Okay? Now, I'm going to use a couple words repeatedly in this podcast, so it's important that I clarify and define what they actually mean. So breathing and bracing, these are two words that I'm going to refer to throughout this episode. When I say brace, what I'm referring to is tensing, activating, contracting, engaging, or tightening the muscles of the trunk. And if you've been paying attention to any of the information I've been putting out over the last few weeks, months, or years, you would understand what the trunk is and the muscles that comprise it. Okay, we're talking about stabilizing the trunk. That is these four points between your shoulders and your hips. The goal is to prevent motion at your spine. Okay, so when we get those muscles, there's 10 of them. When we get them all switched on, all the required ones for the task at hand, when they get tight and switched on, it provides the joints and the spine with stability by creating stiffness, tightness, rigidity. These things prevent motion at the spine. This is good, especially for loaded movements, especially when going heavy, especially when moving fast. Something like a kettlebell swing, for example, should not involve any spine motion. It's all hip motion. So let's go for a classic example here. Okay, I'm going to use the deadlift as the example. Think about a barbell deadlift. You don't lift the weight with your arms or your hands. Your hands are hooks, merely there to hold onto the bar, to connect you to the barbell. That's it. That's the role of the hands. You hold onto this. That's it. Okay, your hips and your legs do the heavy lifting. They are what transfer and transport the bar from point A, the ground, to point B, you standing up perfectly straight. Does that make sense? So we don't lift with the back. The back starts at about 45 degrees. It's stiff, it's tight, it's engaged. All of the core and the trunk muscles are stiff working in unison to keep you in a strong, stable position and your legs take you from the bottom position to the top, okay? As we do this, we want to preserve that position, which means I don't want you breathing throughout the movement. I would like and would and need you to take a big breath in first, brace everything tight, do the lift. Once you're at the top, you may breathe out, and then we do another breath hold on the descent back to the ground. That's the correct breathing cycle for a deadlift. Another way to think about breathing is this. When you know you have something heavy, something large or something awkward to lift, what do you instinctively do? What is the thing that your body just kind of does naturally without thinking? You, for lack of a better word, prepare for impact. You get yourself ready before you actually lift that implement, okay? So you take a big breath in, you hold it so you're prepared ahead of time. Then you lift whatever that thing is that needs lifting. Then you put it down and you release that air. That is a very natural 
evolutionary process that we have developed over time. And that's what you should be doing when you lift weights. You take a big breath in first, you get muscles tight to keep the body safe and strong. You lift the thing from point A to point B, you put it down, you release the air, and you repeat that cycle. The same is true all across the board for strength training. So what I'm going to do now is give you a general rule. Of course, like all rules, there are exceptions. But a general rule is this. Breathe and brace before movement. Doesn't matter if you're doing a lunge, a squat, a press. So dumbbell chest press, incline press, push-ups, does not matter. Get a breath, get tight, get braced before you actually move. That is a very, very, if there's one takeaway point that you get from this episode, let it be that. Get your body tight, get your body strong, get yourself robust, everything locked in before you actually move or before you pick up a weight. Now, to dive a little further into it, there's four areas I'm going to talk about with breathing. If you are trying to lift big, heavy weights, you want a big inhalation and a breath hold during the rep until it is completely over. If there are multiple reps, reset your breathing in between them. Don't breathe in or out mid-rep, okay? That's going to lead to a fucking disaster because you will lose stability and you lose strength. At the midpoint, which is when you need the most amount of stability, whether it's a squat, whether it's a bench press, whether it's a deadlift, whether it's a kettlebell swing. So general rule of thumb, breathe and brace before the movement. After the repetition has been done or after the hard part, after the effort, then you may breathe out and reset the breathing if you have more than one rep. If you are doing quick lifts, so any kind of jumping type motion, if you're doing box jumps, broad jumps, kettlebell swings, anything that involves you moving explosively or rapidly, what we want is a sharp nasal inhalation into the belly. So if you place your hands against your belly button and you sniff quickly, you should feel a bit of pressure, a bit of expansion going down into the belly and against your hands. This is known as diaphragmatic breathing. We're not breathing into the chest. We're not breathing into the neck and the upper respiratory muscles or the emergency muscles. We're breathing down through the diaphragm. We expand and we create stability and stiffness in the trunk, as I mentioned before. So we're not sucking in, but we actually get an outward expansion and pressure. Another, if you couldn't feel any sensation with your hands flat against the stomach, turn your fingertips so they face you and actively press your stomach in. Really push it in. So let your abs, let your stomach muscles go soft. Push in. Now do a sharp nasal inhalation. Sniff. I did three reps and I felt my fingertips get pushed back outwards three times. So it's not a slow, uh, you know, methodical breath. It's a sharp sniff. So when you move explosively, there are body parts that should move and there are body parts that shouldn't move. We need to make sure that happens. 
The prime example that I use is the kettlebell swing because people see it, they think, fuck, that looks cool. Man, that gets your heart rate up really quick. Man, i got to sweat, you know, doing, you know, just a couple sets or a set of 20. I'm absolutely blowing. I am steaming over here. So people latch onto it and they think swings are the way to go. But unfortunately, the breathing is all over the place. Technique sucks. Fucking dog's balls. It's absolutely atrocious. And it's it's hard to watch. As a coach, when I see people doing things incorrectly, it just it makes me cringe. So... As I mentioned, if it's a swing that we're doing, we need to make sure it is a hip bend, not a back bend. All right, your back doesn't change its fundamental shape. You bend and straighten from the hips. The back just changes angle from being angled at about 45 degrees to standing up completely straight. So if we're doing a swing, we take a sharp inhale, we hike the bell back between the legs, we pop the hips through, exhale and then on the downswing we sniff in again and we exhale as the hips go through so the timing is important as well for light weights turn the dial down on the bracing and reduce the volume of the breath but the principle the key principle remains the same brace before movement Let's say, for example, your bench press one rep max is 60 kilos. If you're lifting 30 or 50, uh, 30 or, you know, 30 or 40 kilos, that's pretty light. That's 50% of your one rep max. So I don't need you to brace the exact same way or to, the, <clears throat> let me rephrase, I don't need you to brace to the same degree as if you're going for a one rep max. The style should be the same. So you breathe at the same time. So breathe in, hold the breath, bring the bar down, touch the chest, press it away, exhale. So we're not probably taking in quite as much air. The brace maybe isn't quite as aggressive because it doesn't need to be. The demands are a lot lower. So we just dial the breathing and the bracing down enough that we can get the load safely from point A to B and we're braced from start to finish. Okay. Now, when we have something like high rep work, 15, 20, 25 reps, 30 reps, we want a quick sniff through the nose. Quick sniff. So the phrase that I use uh, when there's, you know, high reps or ultra high rep work is grab it and go. By it, I mean your breath. Grab a quick breath and go. Don't dilly down. Don't fuck around. Don't waste any time. Don't take all day to get a big belly full of air. Otherwise, if you do that, your set is going to drag on far too long and you're probably going to be out of breath and gassed before you've actually completed the number of reps that the set requires of you. So if you've got high rep work, let's say you're doing you know, bodyweight squats, 30 reps. I don't need you to brace the fucking house down. It's bodyweight movement. That doesn't give you, this is not permission to not brace. This is not permission to breathe whenever the fuck you want. What I am telling you is that the breathing, we dial the bracing down because it's body weight. It's not like I've got 100 kilos on my back or it's not like I've got a pair of 24 kilos, uh, 24 kilo kettlebells in the front rack doing front squats. It's body weight. So I need to brace enough to stabilize my spine doing body weight movement. But I've got 30 of these fucking things. So I need to make sure that they're not going to drag on any longer than necessary. So 
I've got my feet in my squatting stance. I sniff, I squat. At the top, I breathe out. I grab my next breath and I immediately go. So it's a quick sniff, like so. The exhale is at the top of each squat. So the key, as I mentioned, turn the volume or the intensity of your bracing and breathing up or down based upon the requirements and context of the activity you are doing. There are very few times where you will be given a free ride or a pass to say, hey, you don't need to brace. For most strength and conditioning exercises, there will be a level of brace. It might be a one or two, but it's still there. And there will be times where the demands are really fucking high. Maybe it's a really heavy barbell. Maybe you've got some offset loading. So you've got maybe a kettlebell or a dumbbell in one hand, but not the other. So, all right, I might have to brace a little bit harder. At the end, I'm probably going to be out of breath. Acknowledge that. Understand that before you get started and then stick to the path. Stick to the plan. So I'm going to give you a couple kind of real world cases and examples so you can kind of uh, plug and play here. All right. So I've given you like a principle or a framework, whether it's, you know, lifting big heavy weights, whether you're doing quick lifts or something that's kind of explosive. I've given you an example or a style of breathing and bracing for light weights and also for doing high reps. So those two aren't always, they don't always go hand in hand. Sometimes you might have medium weights for high reps. It's not always light. Just this week, I had one of my guys come in for a session and he's on week four of his current program. Week four is the, the hardest week of the program, by the way. And he's like, I fucking hate dumbbell incline presses. <laughs> and I just chuckled and I just laughed. and had a bit of a smirk and a grin on my face because I knew that'd be fucking hard when I wrote the program. That exercise has been repeating for the last three cycles, the last three programs it's been in there and it's been progressed and then it's been progressed again. And then we've got to this last kind of phase and they have absolutely run their race. So it's not light at all for him. It's fucking heavy and it's high reps. He's got the best of both worlds. So don't think that just because it's high reps means it's lightweight. It can mean that, but again, it's all about context, all right? So I'm going to give you some examples of how to breathe and how to brace with some real-world examples and specific exercises. If you have a heavy back squat, you've got a bar racked on the back, you know, 90% of your one rep max or higher, really fucking heavy for you. Uh, you need to get a big belly full of air and you need to hold it. You need to feel your abs. You need to feel these muscles. They can't be soft and squishy. They need to be firm, tight, like a fucking steel wall, okay? And they need to stay that way. So you get a big belly full of air. You hold that air. You feel your abs. Then you squat. You drive up. You lock it out. You exhale at the top. Then... If you have more than one rep, you repeat that sequence for the prescribed reps. So in between your reps, if you need to take a few breaths just to compose yourself, that's fine. Not a problem. But don't rush it. Don't change the sequence. 
because you're trying to stabilize. You want trunk stiffness. You want movement at your hips, knees, and ankles, not at your back. So make sure it doesn't move. And the way that you make sure it doesn't move is by bracing all of this, the midsection, the trunk, really fucking hard. Kind of alluded to it earlier, but I'm going to just kind of go through it at a little bit more detail, the kettlebell swing. So if we set up for a swing, we should be in what I call the silverback gorilla stance. If you're not sure what that looks like, just type it into the Google machine and you'll see this big, gray, powerful, strong as fuck looking motherfucker, kind of hunched over, not a rounded back, but he's kind of leaning over, proud chest, great back, and he just looks like he's going to, he looks like a fucking, you know, NFL player about to run you over, just about to fucking stampede you. Proud position, nice straight back. That's the start position. Okay, so we're in that silverback gorilla stance. We've got the hands on the kettlebell. The back is straight. The arms are straight. We're going to sniff. Sharp sniff, hold the breath, tighten the trunk. Then we hike the bell back between the legs. And then, bang, as the hips drive through, as the ass tightens, as the glutes contract, that is when we exhale. The breathing the exhalation matches the hip extension, meaning before the kettlebell leaves the ground, we sniff in and we hold the breath. Comes back between the legs, we pop the hips through, that's the exhale. Soon as we feel the hips drive through in towards the kettlebell, we breathe out. The kettlebell is now floating under its own momentum. We're not lifting it with the arms, the hand's just there to hold it. We wait for the kettlebell to start coming back towards the hips to the groin, when it comes back to the golden triangle, we sniff, we, we hinge, and then we repeat that cycle again. So we inhale in the backswing. So we are locked and loaded, braced, ready to redirect the kettlebell into the next rep. And then we rinse and repeat, whether it's doing five reps, three reps, eight reps, 10 reps, 20 reps, 25 reps. The sequence is always the same. We inhale before the hike. We sniff, hike the bell. As the hips drive through, as the glutes start to work and project the kettlebell forward, it's a sharp exhale. As we sit back into the next hinge, we sniff again and we repeat the cycle for this prescribed sets and reps. Bench press. If you're doing a heavy bench press, whether it's with a spotter or without a spotter, the principle is the same. You brace before, I will repeat that, you brace before the bar comes out of the rack. You do not bring the bar out of the rack and then try and get into a good position and then try and tighten yourself. That is too late. You need to breathe and brace before you have that bar out of the rack and fully supported in your hands. So we take a big breath, we hold that breath, we unrack it, you let the bar settle, and you immediately go into rep one with a breath hold. That's option one. Option two, you set your back, you get into a nice braced and a nice arched position. We take a big breath in, unrack the bar, take a breath, and then we reset it. We haven't changed our position on the bench. You still got a good arch. Your shoulder blades are still backing down into your back pockets. 
But before the rep, before the bar moves, take a big breath, hold that breath, bring the bar down and exhale on the lockout or after the lockout, okay? Chin-ups, pull-ups, sniff at the bottom position, tighten the trunk, then pull. Exhale sharply at the top, and then if you have multiple reps, you sniff on the down and you pull again. The reason that we sniff on the down and not at the bottom is because, I don't know if you've ever done chin-ups or pull-ups before, but they're pretty fucking hard. So we want to be as efficient as possible with our pulling motion. I don't want to go to the bottom position and then think, oh, fuck, I need another breath. I want to be ready to actually go straight away. So we'll grip. I always do my pull-ups and chin-ups like this. I go grip, grip, foot, foot. So I grip the bar with one hand, then the other. I take one foot off the ground, then the other. I get my sniff, and then I'm pulling immediately. So we've sniffed, we pull, exhale at the top. I'm coming down, I'm sniffing on the descent. So then I can initially, then I can initiate the next pull straight away. One rep connects to the next rep, connects to the next rep, rather than it being get a big breath, I do a pull, I have a big exhale, I get to the bottom. Oh, fuck, I need to breathe again. It's dialed in so that it's as efficient as possible. I don't want to waste any time or any energy. Concept two, rower. This is where people set themselves up for failure. So I wanted to do a couple cardiovascular or cardiorespiratory exercises because this is where people just go fucking haywire. You get a little bit out of path. You know, you get something that brings your heart rate up, it accelerates your breathing rate, and people lose their fucking heads. Okay, people just, they row like they're on fucking speed. I'm not even going to go into rowing technique because that's a completely whole fucking podcast in and of itself, but most people can't row worth of shit. Um, but general recommendation is breathe in as you come in, breathe out as you go out. So on the recovery, that's as you come in. So you're bending your knees and you're coming towards that console. Breathe in. And then as you aggressively accelerate and push yourself away, this is the drive phase, you breathe out hard. So when it's time to work, work hard and breathe hard. When it's time to recover, breathe slowly. And this is where you kind of have to toggle back and forth between the two. It's not always... Breathe as fast as possible. Breathe as hard as possible. We want to be able to alternate back and forth between both. Okay, this is the workstation. I'm going to fucking work. This is the rest station or the recovery phase of the exercise. I'm going to try and recover here. And that's where a lot of people, they can't alternate between those phases within the same exercise. They get in the state of being one or the other just because they don't have the skill. They don't have the capacity to actually work both. They can only do one or the other. So as we come in, we breathe in slowly through the nose and then we push away and we breathe hard and we rinse and repeat. All right, so just a, a quick final word on rowing. It's not about how many strokes you do. It's about how many meters you get per stroke. Okay. Uh, the last one we have is step-ups. 
If you're doing it as a form of strengthening, so a loaded step up, whether it's with dumbbells, kettlebells, barbell, any kind of loaded uh, step up pattern, sniff at the bottom, exhale at the top. The heavier the weights, the bigger the brace and the breath needs to be. So if you've got a pair of 25 kilo dumbbells in your hand, yeah, you're probably going to take a pretty big breath in at the bottom and you're going to let that air out at the top. If you've got a couple of three kilo dumbbells, the breathing and the bracing, you know, just make sure it's enough for three kilos, maybe for a little bit more than that. But you just dial it up or down based upon the load that you're working with. If you are doing an unloaded step up, so if you're doing step ups for time or for reps, and you've got quite a few, rep, uh, if you've got quite a few repetitions that you actually have to do, do this on a needs basis. So what I mean by that is, step ups are a very simple exercise. You have a box, you go up, up down, down, up, up, down, down. That's the sequence. Left, right, left, right, or vice versa. Make your legs move as fast as possible. You go to the quickest cadence and pace possible. That's the muscular system. That's the legs. Your breathing is complete opposite. You want to have your breathing as slow as possible. So the muscular system, the quadriceps, the glutes, a little bit of calves, they're working fucking hard. Your cardiorespiratory system does not have to match that demand, especially if you want to actually improve your breathing efficiency. You want to go the other way. Don't get drawn into, fuck, my legs are going really fast, so I've got to breathe really fast. You can but you'll probably tire yourself out really quickly. This is something that I do when I go rucking, is if I have a steep incline, if I'm going up a hill, you know, it's a limestone track that I'm on, I put my head down and I try to move my legs and push myself up the hill as fast as I can with the slowest breathing rate possible. The legs are getting taxed fucking hard. The legs are working, the legs are being pushed. You know, there's lack of a better description, no rest for the wicked when it comes to the legs. Step, step, push, push, move, move. But my breathing, I'm trying to relax it. I don't want to breathe more because breathing more frequently is only going to make me less efficient, less better at using oxygen. So legs, muscular system, working very hard, breathing rate, get that as slow as you can possibly get it. Taking a moment just to catch my breath here. Um, good thing it's a breathing podcast uh, topic for the day. General prescription when it comes to breathing in strength and conditioning exercise is exhale on or after the effort and then reset your breath and get the next inhalation before the next rep rolls around. So a good way to determine where you're at with your breathing and bracing to see if you're doing it correctly or incorrectly, is to ask yourself this question. Are you lifting or moving a heavy or high amount of weight relative for your ability level? So is it heavy? If the answer is yes, uh, brace really fucking hard and incorporate breath holds during your reps with a reset every rep. So if you're doing heavy deadlifts, get a big breath, hold that breath, do the deadlift, come back down, 
reset that process, rinse and repeat. Meaning that the breathing pattern is the same from the very first to the very last rep. I don't care if you have three reps. I don't care if you have 30 reps. I don't care if you have 300 reps. Your breathing should not change style. Don't deviate off a predetermined path that we know works. Create stability, create safety, do the work, rinse, repeat. Now, if you answered no to that question, is what you're doing requiring you to lift something heavy or move with a high amount of load for you? If it's no, it's this, what I'm doing right now, Jesse, isn't heavy. Okay, that's cool. Then turn the breathing and turn the bracing down. Still engage those muscles, but work to the level of the demands that are in front of you. So if you're, if you're lifting two kilo dumbbells, you don't need to brace like your life depends on it. All right. If your deadlift, you know, one rep max is 200 kilos and you're just doing some work with two kilo dumbbells, I, I don't need you at a 10 out of 10 for the brace. I need you at maybe like, I don't know, a two, maybe a three, just because, you know, good habits. And it's going to filter down to all of the other movements. I don't want you to get lazy and passive and, you know, think, oh, Jesse said I don't have to do it. You do have to do it, but just turn the volume down on it. The faster you move or lift, the quicker and more accurate your breathing needs to be. And the reason for this is that you have next to no time between your reps or mid-movement to adjust or modify what it is you're doing. So again, I use the kettlebell swing as the example because it's probably one of the most butchered exercises out there in you know health and in the health and fitness industry. Because when it's done properly, it's a fucking fantastic exercise. It's terrific, as is the kettlebell snatch, as are kettlebell cleans. These ballistic movements, these quick lifts that force you to apply a high degree of acceleration, while they have all of these power-producing benefits, it needs to be coupled with the right breathing strategy. So if you're not breathing at all, if you're breathing too frequently, if you're breathing at the wrong time, it will negatively impact your form on those exercises. Make no mistake about it. So if you're doing something like swings or cleans or jumping plyometrics and stuff like that, you need to think what it is you're going to do before you do it. Because you're not going to have, you're going to have a fraction of a second between reps to correct something or to fix it. And for most people who are, you know, beginners or intermediates, that's not enough time. You're not going to get it right. So you have to have a plan. Know what you're doing before you do it. Have a plan and then execute that plan. So brace first, lift second. General rule of thumb. Again, general rule. Some exceptions. One of the last things I will mention is this. If you feel like your breathing is outpacing your ability to do your reps and is inhibiting your ability to keep the pace, take three breaths, calm your mind, get a bit of composure, relax, you're not dying, just take three breaths and then keep going. This is something a lot of people struggle to do is they get to a certain number of reps and the warning lights start flashing. Warning, 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 error, error. When it's just like, just take a chill pill, relax, you're okay. 
Take that little moment in between your reps where you're not moving. Take three breaths and keep going. Breathing is so important that I have actually, I've started to document how I want my students and myself moving. Because if we have a process, it helps make things idiot proof. And I don't mean that in a derogatory term. I mean that in a term of whether you're tired, fresh, lethargic, well-fed, dehydrated, you know, any and all circumstances, we could hit great fucking movement. We can execute accurate strength and conditioning. So I have a poster on the walls at Fuller SCHQ, and it says the following. So this is under the mechanics banner. So are we doing things correctly? Proper breathing and bracing strategy that you can repeat at the required cadence. So that has a few layers. Proper breathing. So are you breathing at the right time? Are you breathing before the movement, during the movement, or after the movement? Or are you inverting the breathing? Are you breathing in when you should be breathing out and vice versa? Because that happens quite a lot as well. So that's the first thing. Bracing strategy. Do you have one? Do you know how to brace? Can you demonstrate it? And the third one is at the required cadence. If you're doing you know, a couple reps, the reps are generally going to be fairly slow, I would presume, which means, okay, your breathing isn't probably going to outpace you for those three reps. But if you've got 25, 30 reps, a minute worth of work, two minutes worth of work, do you have the capacity to breathe properly using the right bracing strategy in time with the exercise that you're doing? Whether it's a step up, whether it's a lunge, whether it's a squat, whether it's burpees, whether it's push-ups, whether it's a circuit, doesn't matter. Can you maintain that correct style and pattern all the way through, regardless of how many reps, regardless of the weight, regardless of how fucking tired you are? All of those things are relevant. I don't care how tired you are. Can you do things accurately under fatigue? Yes or no? That's what we're trying to train. <laughs> this is a trainable it's a skill. So all of my students, they are taught how to breathe. I teach them, I educate them on this, how to do it. And I also get them to understand what it feels like. For those of you who've been listening for a while, or current or past students, this may ring a bell. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but to dream. If you know, you know. If you don't understand it, that's okay. Uh, but they understand what it feels like. And if I do my job correctly and I teach it effectively, my students never fucking forget it. All I have to say is, you remember row, row, row your boat? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. And they immediately cast their mind back to when I taught them using a specific drill how to brace properly. And then what happens is, oh, they get better braced. Awesome. So the theory precedes the application. If you've never done something properly before, don't expect to be able to do it the first time. 
start to learn a little bit about it. You know, understand, okay, this is what we're looking for. This is the area, or these are the muscles, and this is how we're going to do it. And then you get a chance to practice it and refine it and repeat it and improve it. So super, super important that you know what correct bracing looks like, but also what it feels like. Because what we're doing in strength and conditioning is a verb. It is a doing process. It's not a theoretical, I'm watching, I'm looking. It's you doing something. You're squatting, you're pushing, you're pulling, you're hinging, you're running. So we need to have that kinesthetic feedback of, ah, that's what bracing those muscles feels like. Ah, that's what abs on feels like. Or, oh, I felt that my abs weren't on. Knowing how to toggle back between being on, being off, and then going from zero to a three, to a six, to a nine, to a 10. Being able to toggle and turn that thermometer up or down based upon the needs. So it, like I said, <clears throat> if you don't know how to brace correctly, that is a red flag and it needs to be addressed. And if you cannot sequence your breathing at the correct time, that too is a red flag that needs addressing. So, I have one final word before I wrap this up. And the reason I'm taking my time and being so long-winded with this is because it's fucking important. I, I remember back when I started my strength training journey and I started the gym when I was 16 years old. I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. I didn't have a fucking clue. Didn't know where to start, man. Do you know why? Because it was brand new to me. I'd never done it before. So I followed the process of Zest Health Club and what they did for new members who sign up is I had a, an assessment. I had a consultation with one of the trainers there and they got some baseline data and information from me. And then I was given and I was written up a base program and then I was taken through said program. So I was actually instructed, hey, this is what you're doing. This is you know, we're going to go to this, this machine and do this exercise. This is how we do it. You're going to do this many repetitions. You're going to do it for this many sets. Once you've done that, you're going to come across to here, to this machine. And breathing wasn't even talked about. So I did what everybody does. I just breathed whenever the fuck I wanted to. And being, you know, a 16-year-old skinny, weak kid, I didn't pay attention to it because nobody told me to pay attention to it. So I just breathe whenever the fuck I want. So maybe I breathe in when I should have breathed out and fucking vice versa. Can't remember back that far, but I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did it incorrectly. But on a machine, you can just about do anything and get away with it because it's a predetermined path on a pulley or a fucking lever system. So, you know, you're fairly safe in that regard, but it doesn't make you any, you know, more functional or build whole body strength and teach you how to connect your body together at all. It just teaches you, hey, put your hands here, push in this direction, do it this many times, and you know you still know nothing about how to move your own body because you're using a machine that only has one way to go. But nevertheless, breathing is important. If you get it right, if you get the things down right that I've talked about, you know, when to breathe, how to brace, and the correct timing, so doing it at the appropriate um, time during the reps or during the set, you're going to find you get stronger. You're going to move more efficiently. You're going to stop leaking energy and your body will stay more connected. Okay. 
So you don't just want one muscle group to do the job, you want as many muscle groups to do the job, all rowing in the same direction. So a final word on breathing and bracing during strength and conditioning exercises. The more cardiorespiratory the demands, the more I would err towards nasal breathing. So if you've got a lot of reps, or if you've got high volume and high duration, long duration work, breathe through the nose. The higher the strength demand, if you're working at 80, 90, 95, towards 100% of your one rep max, the more I would err towards mouth breathing. Get a big belly full of air. Hold it. Do your lift, do your exercise. Once you've done it, release the air, rinse and repeat, okay? And the quicker the movement, if you've got a quick, explosive, rapid lift or exercise, the more I would encourage you towards doing a sniff through the nose and a breath out through the mouth. So they're quick sips and sniffs of air. Short, sharp. When you move quickly, you need to breathe quickly. So I hope that helps you understand how and when to breathe when doing your strength and conditioning exercises so you don't fuck it up, so you don't get injured, and so you can get more benefit out of every single repetition you perform. Okay? It, it's that important. You know, technique first and foremost, yes, but the breathing and bracing definitely falls under that umbrella. Are you doing things correctly? Correct joints, correct muscles. Correct breathing fits in that same category. So that's breathing. Fairly complicated. It's not as straightforward as breathing whenever you want, especially if you want to truly get remarkable results. It's going to take some care and attention to the details. Get yourself tight, stabilize what needs stabilizing and move what needs to be moving and breathe when you need to breathe. Not when you want, but when you need to. So guys, that's breathing. Hope it helps. Hope it's been useful. I hope you've gotten at least one nugget of information. I'm sure you have. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, queries, follow-ups, anything that doesn't make sense or you'd like me to expand on, uh, feel free, get in touch. I'm easy to you know, get in touch with. Social media, the Facebook, the Instagram, the YouTube, I'm everywhere. And uh, yeah, go forth. Breathe when you need to. Brace when you need to. And if in doubt, if you get stuck or you're sucking wind and you're struggling, take three deep breaths and then keep going. If you loved the wake-up call, found it entertaining or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.